First, I'd like to express my gratitude for this opportunity to speak on this subject. What is the subject? First, my gratitude, uh, especially to Mahaprabhu Prabhu, who said, come, do it. So, here we are. And what's our topic? I'm calling it Keeping Cows in the Center, Cow Care in Present and Future is Come. Uh, my title is a bit of a play on an expression that we hear a lot, namely, keep, keeping Srila Prabhupada in the center. So I thought, hmm, what if we said, keep cows in the center? <laughs> since Srila since Prabhupada, Prabhupada seemed to be wanting to keep cows in the center in some respect. Um, I also, I made this handout um, because of lacking of time to make a PowerPoint, but as we all know, uh, there's a danger with PowerPoint called death by, by PowerPoint, but I would have had lots of nice pictures of cows and maybe, but maybe also some not so nice pictures. Um, no pictures. However, I'd like to introduce Gomati. Please welcome Gomati. We have just been hearing about anthropomorphization. This is going to be some cowization, or goization, or a combination of anthro go. Anyway, she has a name. I just thought of it. Go Mati. So she's going to be presiding. Uh, I also made this uh, outline, this handout, by way of giving a sense that I have a plan. Uh, I doubt that we're going to get through all of this in our allotted time. Something about how it is that I've gotten into this subject, uh, I was invited by the director of the Oxford Center for Animal Ethics to write a book on Hinduism and animal ethics. Why he wanted me to do it, he said, because you're a practitioner. And I thought, wow, okay, I'm going to try. And I asked him, what if I would focus on cows? He said, great, focus on cows, because I think this is a a major topic, uh, not just for us, ISKCON, but uh, for all those who identify more or less uh, with Hinduism. Uh, that can be a problem. This is part of uh, what I discuss in the book. So I'm writing a book. I've been working on this for uh, more than two years, and I'm hoping to finish up with all your blessings uh, by the end of June, and to publish it and have it out by the beginning of next year with Palgrave Macmillan uh, is, as the publisher. Um, what do I want to do? I, I want to just call attention to something that is, at least in our books, uh, important, uh, that we think more deeply about what are we about, who are we about, when we say that 
uh, how protection, Goraksha, is important. Uh, it's, we say it's important. How important is it for us? In what ways it is important? Uh, and then, related to that, something on future prospects. But again, um, okay, I've, I've been studying this for some time, but I feel as I've been studying, the more I get into it, the more I have the feeling I'm only scratching the surface of a huge topic. Uh, and so future prospects, I'm also only beginning to think about this. Let's start with one of so many quotes from Srila Prabhupada. This Krishna consciousness movement is for the protection of Brahminical culture and cows. And then, I think it's in the same paragraph, when these two things are neglected, it is animal society, and then other animal qualities and paraphernalia follow. So first he says, what we're about, we're about Brahminical culture and cows, and how many times he tied these two together. And then he says, when we don't have these, what do we have? In the negative sense, uh, he would speak of animal, animal society and so on. Now, in speaking about the present of our ISKCON society and uh, what we are doing in terms of cow care, I like to use the word cow care as opposed to cow protection. My book is called Cow Care in Hindu Animal Ethics. Um, to think about the present, we need to also have a look at the past, and much can be said about this, but uh, I'm wondering, I have wondered, just how is it that Srila Prabhupada came to be so concerned about cows? And I think part of this comes from his inspiration from Mahatma Gandhi. Gandhi actually, most people don't know when he was talking about ahimsa, a lot of what he was talking about was uh, protection of animals, especially cows. He spoke very strongly on this. In his experimental uh, uh, projects of self-sufficiency and so on, he didn't have so many cows, um, very few cows. He had some goats, apparently. But uh, still, some cows were there. Um, as far as I know, Srila Prabhupada personally didn't take care of cows in his youth. Um, he was growing up in the city. We don't, he doesn't mention anything about this. Uh, but something was going on in the city of Calcutta. There was World War II. Uh, and Calcutta was burgeoning, but also there was uh, the famine of Calcutta, and I, I don't have the dates for that, but Srila Prabhupada experienced that. He talks about it and how the Vaishnavas, the Vaishnavas were, uh, were cared for, they were all, all right. Uh, but in, the, in the, the bigger context of Indian uh, politics, what happens after World War II, 1947, independence? so-called independence. I, I've spoken with one Vaishnava who said, actually, in August 15th, 1947, that's when the British were finally successful 
at taking over India. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, and then post-independence, what happens? The, the, India's uh, government policy after uh, Gandhi departs, after Gandhi departs in, what was it, January 1948, uh, suddenly uh, Nehru and all of his people do an about-face on everything that Gandhi was, uh, was believing, was, uh, was his, his, his ideas of the future for India. They went, oh, that was very nice. And they went 180 degrees in the opposite direction. We are going to industrialize. And Prabhupada was watching all of this and was very sad about it. And as we know, he tried to establish the Christian consciousness movement in India. His initial efforts uh, didn't really take off, and so he went to America. Uh, and here he starts talking about, let's start farms, let's start having cow protection. Now, one little footnote here, it's, I think, um, rather important point. Prabhupada never, to my knowledge, speaks about deshi cows and non-deshi cows. What, what means deshi? Deshi means indigenous. If you speak to uh, cow activists in India today, without exception, they say cow means deshi cow, Indian cow. Uh, Bos Indicus, that's a cow. You're Bos Taurus, you're, and they usually put them all in one um, bag as Jersey cow. And they say, you're so-called cows, they're not really cows. Or even if they're cows, we don't care. I mean, high politicians have stood up and said, as far as we're concerned, let them slaughter your cows, we don't care. We only care about Indian cows. What does that say? That says a lot about what they understand in terms of, it's all about Hindutva politics. I talk about this in my book. Um, meanwhile, in the West, what's happening? There's a nascent vegetarian uh, movement, uh, which um, in more recent years has become a vegan movement. Now suddenly everyone's uh, vegan and so on. Uh, and um, we have a longer history in the West, especially in America, of creation of intentional communities. Uh, the idea of utopia, and this goes back to Romanticism, and you could take it probably further back than that. Well, these kind of ideas I think we should keep in mind as we think about uh, how, what we want to do with regard to cows. What about ISKCON cow care today? Well, in the beginnings, uh, there was a lot of enthusiasm. Yes, cows, we want cows. And so what happened? We got lots of cows. And then, oh, guess what? Cows need to be fed. And cows get sick. And um, cows have baby cows, and a lot of those cows aren't, aren't female cows, they're male cows. 
what do we do? <laughs> and so we started getting these large herds of cows uh, that uh, became more than could be managed. So the enthusiasm, the over-enthusiasm, the, the enthusiasm was good. The over-enthusiasm without any knowledge, without any planning, without any uh, you know, bigger understanding, became a major problem. Uh, especially with this came lack of knowledge and, on top of lack of knowledge, just a wee bit of pride that we know everything. We know all about cows. Even though we never milked a cow in our life, suddenly we know everything about cows. Why? Because we read it in the Bhagavatam. So we thought we know, know everything. Just a wee bit of pride may have been there. Gradually, uh, there's been some uh, reduction of, of these uh, unhealthy attitudes. And we've perhaps, in some places, uh, adopted a more cautious approach, and this is certainly good. Um, some statistics I've put here, uh, this comes from Kalakanta Prabhu, who is uh, the ISKCON GBC Minister of uh, Agriculture and Cow Protection. Uh, he has been doing a lot of collecting of information, just finding out what what do we have? What are we doing? So we have all together some 84 projects with cows. And there's a breakdown of these, and obviously most of them are in India. 47 uh, projects in India, and so on. You can see the numbers there. Uh, what about total number of cows? As best an estimate we can see, it's around 5,000 uh, worldwide. Again, most of those will be in India, by far perhaps 4,000. Uh, but just to put this in perspective, how many cows are, according to a UN uh, estimate, how many cows are slaughtered per hour? 34,000 per hour. Uh, so less than one-sixth of that number of, an, of cows slaughtered in, in an hour, we as a society have in our cow protection projects. Um, okay, but we can also ask, uh, are numbers really uh, the point? I, I may get to this later, but for now just looking at some specific what I see as at least to some extent successes or pointing towards successes. A nice term I find uh, which is, we're starting to use comes from one Christian writer, it's the idea of anticipatory communities. Uh, that we have our, our farm communities with cow protection projects, and we can see these as anticipating something for the future on a larger scale. Now they're obviously very small scale. Uh, nonetheless, uh, something, something good has happened. Gita Nagari, of course, Srila Prabhupada was very keen to 
uh, have as a kind of model. As a, he didn't use the term, but as a kind of anticipatory community. And indeed, in recent years, uh, the devotees there have been develop, developing the cow care uh, in such a way that they are now uh, distributing, they are selling uh, their uh, dairy, the dairy products. I don't like to use the word product, but okay, uh, the the milk and so on, uh, especially to other um, devotee projects in uh, more or less near uh, to Gita Nagari. I believe they're sending some to New York, to Washington, like that. Uh, this there's a term for this uh, community supported agriculture, CSA. This idea is already there, uh, very established, at least in America, and I believe other places as well. So, but uh, doing this with dairy, this is not something you see being done in the way it's happening here. Jumping, 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 jumping to India, uh, Govardhan Eco Village. How many of you have been to Govardhan Eco Village? How many have not, not been to Govardhan Eco Village? 50% of your life is wasted. <laughs> it's uh, recommended. It's quite a w wonderful project in so many ways. Um, and I would say one way which is very important is it's showcasing, we can say this also about Nagri and, and New Brajadam, which I'll mention, but uh, it's showcasing. It's showing what is possible, uh, and people can come and they can see uh, how uh, something can be done. And of course, one of the important ideas that we practice, which you won't find in any other, uh, in, in cow shelters in general, you find in India, of course, there are temple goshalas, where the dairy is offered to the deity. But in the West, you don't see such a thing. Uh, and furthermore, furthermore, use, um, of course, important is the use of dung uh, in the agriculture. Now this is a big topic. What is the value of dung, and what is the value of the milk, and how do we value these things, or how do we misvalue uh, one over the other? Milk, one can argue, is mis- or overvalued, uh, in a sense, uh, or misused, I would say, over, um, over bovine dung. To say about Nubrajadam, how many of you been to Nubrajadam? Okay, and those who haven't been there yet? Another 50% of your life. <laughs> Quite an amazing project in so many ways. Uh, here what I want to call attention to is the uh, very extensive um, statistical attention being put on calculating department by department. And they have not one, two, three, four, five departments, they have 50 departments running uh, New Rajadam. And each department has uh, different categories uh, of, for calculating self-sufficiency in numbers. They're doing it all in numbers. And uh, 
Uh, the cow department has the best numbers uh, in this regard so far. They uh, say it comes to about 50% uh, self-sufficiency, self-sustainability, self-sufficiency. I haven't yet completely gotten through uh, the difference, but there are significant differences. Uh, and New Rajadhamma as a whole, the calculation is something like 33%. 33%, we may say, hmm, only 33%? Shivaram Swami told me, if push comes to shove, which means if uh, the economy uh, uh, drops, drops out, uh, the, econom the, 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 the general world economy, if it, um, if it completely punks out tomorrow, he said, we are 100% self-sufficient. <laughs> Suddenly, you know, we can, we can live uh, on what we have. Uh, but, of course, we talk a lot about self-sufficiency and sustainability. A lot of people are talking about sustainability, uh, sustainable development, which many people say is an oxymoron. Sustainable development means you're expanding. Well, wait a minute. Is it sustainable or is it expanding? You know? <clears throat> uh, New Govardhan in Eastern Australia. Uh, I confess now, I'm the one who's 50% of the life. Of, I haven't been there. Actually, I have been there many years ago. But since it's developed in recent years, apparently it's developing in wonderful ways. And one of the interesting things here, uh, what I've been hearing about, is how they're engaging outs outsiders, young people, um, what we might call woofers and, and so on. Uh, apparently they're very successful with this. And I think uh, we need to learn something more about this. Uh, there are also projects which are not strictly speaking ISKCON, they're ISKCON-related, we may say, private initiatives. Uh, the International Society for Cow Protection, uh, under the um, care and leadership of... Balabhadra. Yes. Uh, he, uh, he moved from Pennsylvania, what, a couple of years ago, to Alachua, a better climate for taking care of cows. Uh, he puts a lot of emphasis on bulls, he says it's not about cows, it's about bulls. Um, in Vrindavan, how many have visited Care for Cows? And those of you who have not confessed, <laughs> you have to visit, next time you go to Vrindavan, you have to go out and visit Care for Cows. Um, this was started by uh, Korma Rupa Prabhu, now departed for Goloka uh, Vrindavan, a wonderful project. Ahimsa Milk by Sitaram in near Leicester in the UK. He found so many people who want milk, he says he has a waiting list. Uh, he told me he has a thousand people on the waiting list for his Ahimsa Milk, even though it costs what, two and a half, three times, four times? Three or four times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, still, the uh, people want that protected milk. And here we can say an interesting idea 
added value. What is the added value? Ahimsa. People are seeing the value of ahimsa, uh, and therefore it's called ahimsa milk. We have projects which also have shown, uh, have proven to uh, uh, be wrestling with difficulties, with challenges. I've spent some time in Mayapur. In Mayapur, uh, a, 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 a considerable number of the cows contracted tuberculosis. In the West, if a cow is uh, tested tuberculosis positive, um, he or she will be immediately, uh, as they say, put down. Um, we're not doing that in Mayapur, and some of them are getting better. Uh, they have separated the herd, uh, but it's, it's, uh, it's a big challenge. They, they think they know why this happened. That's maybe, uh, we don't have time to explain that. Uh, there is in Mayapur also a plan, uh, Pancharatna Prabhu, for quite a long time now, he's been researching how to, uh, how to engage local farmers in, uh, in some kind of uh, uh, CSA, some sort of community-supported agriculture project, which would be supported by uh, the Mayapur community. Uh, it's very complicated. It's India, right? Um, but he's, uh, he's working on this. He wants to start with one farmer, one dairy farmer, and then another dairy farmer, and, and try to expand it that way. Uh, I want to say, <coughs> even though this is on camera, I'm just going to say it. While I was there in Mayapur, I found that uh, the ghee, which is being sold at the Goshala, uh, it's called Mayapur ghee, and it's helping to support the Goshala, but it's not from our own protected cows. It's coming from cows in the neighborhood who, after they no longer get milk or give less milk, they will be sold, and being sold means they will be slaughtered. So that sort of thing is going on. Uh, in New Vrajad, coming back to New Vrajadam, uh, Shivaram Swami, uh, told me that what he sees as the main challenge, the main uh, difficulty, the main challenge, I would say, for the community. Uh, speaking of sustainability, there's different sorts of sustainability. And he said the main challenge of sustainability is social sustainability. Having people satisfied to be there for their whole lives and commit to taking care for the cows for their whole lives. Um, uh, I met a devotee in Ireland who said, I used to have cows. We, he and his wife had seven cows. Gradually they aged and gradually one after another they died. And I asked, you didn't get any more cows. No, we didn't get any more cows. Why? Because we're getting older. We can't guarantee uh, for cows, we may leave and then they'll be left, then what? So we said we, we decided not to take care of any more cows. Um, the big question of economic sustainability of cows, cows are big animals. They eat a lot. 
manga liars. Agreeing. <laughs> They're not like pets that you know you can have in your apartment. You can keep on the balcony. Uh, you know, maybe you can breed smaller cows. You know, miniature miniature cows maybe for for cities. Well, you have one, Laura. I have this. Yes. Um, there are There are miniature in Kerala. There are some very small cows. They're very cute. Maybe we should just be promoting these. We should just be having nanny kids. <laughs> think about it. Think we about can it. think we'll about that. Again. <laughs> <laughs> they give more milk. <laughs> okay. Uh, so, thinking about possible futures, uh, possible futures. One subject which comes uh, in all of this is quantity, numbers of cows, um, and what I think is perhaps more important is quality, quality of care. Uh, if we can have the right idea, the right feeling, the right sense, uh, the sen and what is that right sense? The sense is, and I've heard this many times in India, uh, the right sense of feeling for cows is they are our family members. If there's that sense, that's really the starting point for us. Uh, if we can cultivate that idea amongst ourselves that we have cows and they are our family members, then a lot of things will become clear for us uh, how to do this, how to develop it, and how to, how to make it what it needs to be uh, to realize what Srila Prabhupada was talking about when he's talking about Brahminical culture and cows. Um, and so this involves education, but education not so much in classrooms, but more together with cows. Uh, sometimes devotees come to me with a problem, and sometimes they you know, sit down and say, I have this problem. And then it's something, you know, really, really big, you know, something really serious. And really, this is a big problem. What shall I do about it? And lately I've come up with a bit of a mantra, but it seems to actually work. Do you want to know what it is? Yes. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> <laughs> serve cows. And if you can't serve cows directly, serve them indirectly. How can you do that? There's a lot of ways we can serve cows indirectly. But if you can, serve them directly. Get a brush! They love to be brushed. Cows, cows tend to tend to, that once they get to know you a little, they'll come to you, come on, brush me. Uh, and you may find that the problems are kind of not there. <laughs> so, education, um, but there's also need for research. Uh, this is kind of a bad word in ISKCON. 
research, we don't research, we know everything. Um, but no, there is a lot that can be learned from those who already have experience. There's a lot of opportunity for collaboration, and I think this would get into the point of communication. Now, here we tend to have a problem within ourselves, and that is um, there are so many animal activists, there are so many vegans, there's so many this and that, and, but we see that they fall short of our idea. And so we conclude, now, can't deal, can't relate, can't relate, but that's not true. In fact, just three days ago, uh, I met our Gopala in Radhadesh, Gorahari Prabhu. He takes care of five cows, three, three oxen, two cows. He's totally dedicated to these cows. But he's a preacher. He goes around to the neighbor farmers, who are all, there's, they're dairy farmers and also non-dairy uh, with cows. You've seen those. Anyway. <laughs> these guys. Um, and he, he talks with them, and he makes friends with them. And you know what he tells them? He says, you should name your cows. <laughs> Why don't you name your cows? It turns out, this is, hist- this is historically standard. I, came, I found a list from 19th century England of cows. They all had names. This was in the records, the legal records of these cows. They all had names, Bessie and Susie and da 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 <laughs> Why not go back to that? And as soon as they have names, then the personification process is going to start. We're gonna, and people are going to start going, hmm, maybe we don't have to kill all our cows. Um, and maybe we don't have to kill any of them uh, at some point. Uh, a lot of work is being done, as I mentioned, by Kalatanta Prabhu. He's developing a team, so there's going to be monitoring uh, done throughout uh, ISKCON to see that standards are held uh, for cow care, because some standards in some places have not been kept nicely. Uh, he is establishing a certification of readiness. You want to have cows? Great! Are you ready? Let's see. There's a checklist. Um, certification of goat shallows and offering of training. You want to you want to have cows? Let's find. Here's a here's a place where you can learn how to do it. Uh, the priority is certainly uh, uh, sustainability, and this involves identifying uh, sustainable practices, good practices. And this means exchange, and that's part of communication as well. When you see a good cow care project, make note of it. Um, Yeah, education, training, research, all of these. But the bigger picture, the bigger issue, I think, is the culture. Uh, The culture in which cow care might become more toward the center. Uh, of our of our society, uh, how do we develop that culture in which it um, 
it becomes natural for us to feel it is important. It might start uh, with each of us learning how to milk cows. Mm -hmm. uh, anybody here milked a cow? Oh, many of you. Good. Now here's the one where I have to be embarrassed. I've watched a lot of cow milking, but I have yet to do it myself. Fifty percent? Fifty percent. I know. <laughs> this guy is going, what, you haven't milked a cow? What's wrong with This is pretty much the points I want to make. Uh, we do want to walk the talk. We are talking a fair amount about cow protection. Uh, we want to also walk it. My little bit that I'm trying to contribute is to more talking uh, by writing this book. Uh, and uh, I hope it will be something, it's an academic book, but I hope it will have some, it'll get devotees talking more and hopefully also acting <coughs> for the sake of our cows. Thank you very much.